chapter six of the life of washington volume two by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six the british land at frog's neck the american army evacuates york island except fort washington both armies move towards the white plains battle of the white plains the british army returns to kingsbridge general washington crosses the north river the lines of fort washington carried by the british and the garrison made prisoners evacuation of fort lee weakness of the american army ineffectual attempts to raise the militia general washington retreats through jersey general washington crosses the delaware danger of philadelphia capture of general lee the british go into winter quarters battle of trenton of princeton firmness of congress seventeen seventy six the armies did not long retain their position on york island general howe was sensible of the strength of the american camp and was not disposed to force it his plan was to compel general washington to abandon it or to give battle in a situation in which a defeat must be attended with the total destruction of his army with this view after throwing up entrenchments on mcgowan's hill for the protection of new york he determined to gain the rear of the american camp by the new england road and also to possess himself of the north river above king's bridge october nine to assure himself of the practicability of acquiring the command of the river three frigates passed up it under the fire from fort washington and from the opposite post on the jersey shore afterwards called fort lee without sustaining any injury from the batteries or being impeded by the chevaux de frise which had been sunk in the channel between those forts twelfth the enemy landed frog's neck this point being ascertained he embarked a great part of his army on board flat-bottomed boats and passing through hurl gate into the sound landed at frog's neck about nine miles from the camp on the heights of harlem in consequence of this movement washington strengthened the post at king's bridge and detached some regiments to westchester for the purpose of skirmishing with the enemy so soon as he should march from the ground he occupied the road from frog's point to king's bridge leads through a strong country intersected by numerous stone fences so as to render it difficult to move artillery or even infantry in compact columns except along the main road which had been broken up in several places the general therefore entertained sanguine hopes of the event should a direct attack be made on his camp general howe continued some days waiting for his artillery military stores and reinforcements from staten island which were detained by unfavorable winds october sixteenth the american army evacuates york island except fort washington in the meantime as the habits of thinking in america required that every important measure should be the result of consultation and should receive the approbation of a majority the propriety of removing the american army from its present situation was submitted to a council of the general officers after much investigation it was declared to be impracticable without a change of position to keep up their communications with the country and avoid being compelled to fight under great disadvantages or to surrender themselves prisoners of war 
general lee who had just arrived from the south and whose experience as well as late success gave great weight to his opinions urged the necessity of this movement with much earnestness it was at the same time determined to hold fort washington and to defend it as long as possible a resolution of congress of the eleventh of october desiring general washington by every art and expense to obstruct if possible the navigation of the river contributed not inconsiderably to this determination in pursuance of this opinion of the military council measures were taken for moving the army up the north river so as to extend its front or left towards the white plains beyond the british right and thus keep open its communication with the country the right rear division remained a few days longer about kingsbridge under the command of general lee for the security of the heavy baggage and military stores which in consequence of the difficulty of obtaining wagons could be but slowly removed october eighteenth general howe after uniting his forces at pell's point moved forward his whole army except four brigades destined for the defence of new york through pelham's manor towards new rochelle some skirmishes took place on the march with a part of glover's brigade in which the conduct of the americans was mentioned with satisfaction by the commander-in-chief and as general howe took post at new rochelle a village on the sound general washington occupied the heights between that place and the north river october twenty one both armies moved towards the white plains at new rochelle the british army was joined by the second division of germans under the command of general Niphausen, and by an incomplete regiment of cavalry from ireland some of whom had been captured on their passage both armies now moved towards the white plains a strong piece of ground already occupied by a detachment of militia the main body of the american troops formed a long line of entrenched camps extending from twelve to thirteen miles on the different heights from valentine's hill near kingsbridge to the white plains fronting the british line of march and the brunks which divided the two armies the motions of general howe were anxiously watched not only for the purposes of security and of avoiding a general action but in order to seize any occasion which might present itself of engaging his outposts with advantage while the british army lay at new rochelle the position of a corps of american loyalists commanded by major rogers was supposed to furnish such an occasion he was advanced farther eastward to mamaroneck on the sound where he was believed to be covered by the other troops an attempt was made to surprise him in the night by a detachment which should pass between him and the main body of the british army and by a coup de main bear off his whole corps major rogers was surprised and about sixty of his regiment killed and taken the loss of the americans was only two killed and eight or ten wounded among the latter was major green of virginia a brave officer who led the detachment and who received a ball through his body not long afterwards a regiment of pennsylvania riflemen under colonel hand engaged an equal number of hessian chasseurs with some advantage the caution of the english general was increased by these evidences of enterprise in his adversary his object seems to have been to avoid skirmishes and to bring on a general action if that could be effected under favourable circumstances if not he calculated on nearly all the advantages of a victory from the approaching dissolution of the american army he proceeded therefore slowly his march was in close order his encampments compact and well guarded with artillery and the utmost circumspection was used to leave no vulnerable point october twenty five as the sick and baggage reached a place of safety general washington gradually drew in his outposts 
and took possession of the heights on the east side of the bronx fronting the head of the british columns at the distance of seven or eight miles from them the next day he was joined by general lee who after securing the sick and the baggage had with considerable address brought up the rear division of the army an operation the more difficult as the deficiency of teams was such that a large portion of the labor usually performed by horses or oxen devolved on men general washington was encamped on high broken ground with his right flank on the bunks this stream meandered so as also to cover the front of his right wing which extended along the road leading towards new rochelle as far as the brow of the hill where his centre was posted his left which formed almost a right angle with his centre and was nearly parallel to his right extended along the hills northward so as to keep possession of the commanding ground and secure a retreat should it be necessary to a still stronger position in his rear on the right of the army and on the west side of the bronx about one mile from camp on a road leading from the north river was a hill of which general mcdougall was ordered to take possession for the purpose of covering the right flank his detachment consisted of about sixteen hundred men principally militia and his communication with the main army was open that part of the bronx being passable without difficulty entrenchments were thrown up to strengthen the lines general howe having made arrangements to attack washington in his camp advanced early in the morning in two columns the right commanded by sir henry clinton and the left by general Niphausen, and about ten his van appeared in full view on which a cannonade commenced without much execution on either side october twenty eighth battle of the white plains the british right formed behind a rising ground about a mile in front of the american camp and extending from the road leading from mamaroneck towards the bronx stood opposed to the american centre on viewing washington's situation howe who accompanied Niphausen, determined to carry the hill occupied by mcdougall as preliminary to an attack on the centre and right of the american camp and therefore directed colonel rawle with a brigade of hessians to cross the bronx and make a circuit so as to turn mcdougall's right flank while brigadier-general leslie with a strong corps of british and hessian troops should attack him in front when rawle had gained his position the detachment commanded by leslie also crossed the bronx and commenced a vigorous attack the militia in the front line immediately fled but the regulars maintained their ground with great gallantry colonel smallwood's regiment of maryland and colonel reisimer's of new york advanced boldly towards the foot of the hill to meet leslie but after a sharp encounter were overpowered by numbers and compelled to retreat general leslie then attacked the remaining part of mcdougall's forces who were soon driven from the hill but kept up for some time in a regular fire from the stone walls about the scene of action general putnam with reel's brigade was ordered to support them but not having arrived till the hill was lost the attempt to regain it was deemed unadvisable and the troops retreated to the main army in this animated engagement the loss was supposed to be nearly equal that of the americans was between three and four hundred in killed wounded and taken colonel smallwood was among the wounded general washington continued in his lines expecting an assault but a considerable part of the day having been exhausted in gaining the hill which had been occupied by mcdougall the meditated attempt on his entrenchments was postponed until the next morning and the british army lay on their arms the following night in order of battle on the ground taken during the day october thirty this interval was employed by general washington in strengthening his works removing his sick and baggage and preparing for the expected attack by adapting the arrangement of his troops to the existing state of things his left maintained its position but his right was drawn back to stronger ground perceiving this and being unwilling to leave anything to hazard 
howe resolved to postpone farther offensive operations until lord percy should arrive with four battalions from new york and two from Mamaroneck. this reinforcement was received on the evening of the thirtieth and preparations were then made to force the american entrenchments the next morning in the night and during the early part of the succeeding day a violent rain still farther postponed the assault having now removed his provisions and heavy baggage to much stronger ground and apprehending that the british general whose left wing extended along the height taken from mcdougall to his rear might turn his camp and occupy the strong ground to which he designed to retreat should an attempt on his lines prove successful general washington changed his position in the night and withdrew to the heights of north castle about five miles from the white plains november one deeming this position too strong to be attempted with prudence general howe determined to change his plan of operations and to give a new direction to his efforts while forts washington and lee were held by the americans his movements were checked and york island insecure with a view to the acquisitions of these posts he directed general Niphausen to take possession of kingsbridge which was defended by a small party of americans placed in fort independence on his approach this party retreated to fort washington and Niphausen encamped between that place and kingsbridge november five the british army returns to kingsbridge in the meantime general howe retired slowly down the north river his designs were immediately penetrated by the american general who perceived the necessity of passing a part of his army into jersey but was restrained from immediately leaving the strong ground he occupied by the apprehension that his adversary might in that event return suddenly and gain his rear a council of war was called which determined unanimously that should general howe continue his march towards new york all the troops raised on the west side of the hudson should cross that river to be afterwards followed by those raised in the eastern part of the continent leaving three thousand men for the defence of the highlands about the north river in a letter to congress communicating this movement of the british army and this determination of the council the general said i cannot indulge the idea that general howe supposing him to be going to new york means to close the campaign and to sit down without attempting something more i think it highly probable and almost certain that he will make a descent with part of his troops into the jerseys and as soon as i am satisfied that the present manoeuvre is real and not a feint i shall use all the means in my power to forward a part of our force to counteract his designs i expect the enemy will bend their force against fort washington and invest it immediately from some advices it is an object that will attract their earliest attention he also addressed a letter to the governor of new jersey expressing a decided opinion that general howe would not contend himself with investing fort washington but would invade the jerseys and urging him to put the militia in the best possible condition to reinforce the army and to take the place of the new levies who could not he suggested be depended on to continue in service one day longer than the first of december the time for which they were engaged immediate intelligence of this movement was likewise given to general green who commanded in the jerseys and his attention was particularly pointed to fort washington as the british army approached kingsbridge three ships of war passed up the north river notwithstanding the fire from forts washington and lee and notwithstanding the additional obstructions which had been placed in the channel november eighth on being informed of this another letter was addressed to general green stating that this fact was so plain a proof of the inefficacy of all the obstructions thrown in the river as to justify a change in the disposition which had been made if continued the letter we can not prevent vessels from passing up and the enemy are possessed of the surrounding country 
what valuable purpose can it answer to attempt to hold a post from which the expected benefit cannot be derived i am therefore inclined to think it will not be prudent to hazard the men and stores at mount washington but as you are on the spot i leave it to you to give such orders respecting the evacuation of the place as you may think most advisable and so far revoke the orders given to colonel mcgaw to defend it to the last measures were now taken to cross the north river with the troops which had been raised on its western side and general washington determined to accompany that division of the army the eastern regiments remained on the eastern side of the river under the command of general lee with orders to join the commander-in-chief should the british army cross the hudson and general washington with a part of his army crosses the north river after visiting the posts about peekskill and making all the arrangements in his power for their defence general washington passed the north river in the rear of the troops designed to act in the jerseys and proceeded to the quarters of general green near fort lee from too great a confidence in the strength of fort washington and a conviction of its importance general green had not withdrawn its garrison under the discretionary orders he had received but still indulged the hope that the post might be maintained or should his situation become desperate that means might be found to transport the troops across the river to the jersey shore which was defended by fort lee mount washington is a high piece of rocky ground near the north river very difficult of ascent especially towards the north our kingsbridge the fort was capable of containing about one thousand men but the lions and outworks which were chiefly on the southern side towards new york were drawn quite across the island the ground was naturally strong the approaches difficult and the fortifications though not sufficient to resist heavy artillery were believed to be in a condition to resist any attempt to carry them by storm the garrison consisted of troops some of whom were among the best in the american army and the command had been given to colonel mcgaw a brave and intelligent officer in whom great confidence was placed november thirteenth general howe after retiring from the white plains encamped at a small distance from kingsbridge on the heights of fordham and having made the necessary preparations for an assault summoned the garrison to surrender on pain of being put to the sword colonel mcgaw replied that he should defend the place to the last extremity and communicated the summons to general green at fort lee fifteen who transmitted it to the commander-in-chief then at hackensack he immediately rode to fort lee and though it was late in the night was proceeding to fort washington where he expected to find generals putnam and green when in crossing the river he met those officers returning from a visit to that fort they reported that the garrison was in high spirits and would make a good defence on which he returned with them to fort lee november sixteenth early next morning colonel mcgaw posted his troops partly on a commanding hill north of the fort partly in the outermost of the lines drawn across the island on the south of the fort and partly between those lines on the woody and rocky heights fronting harlem river where the ground being extremely difficult of ascent the works were not closed colonel rawlings of maryland commanded on the hill towards kingsbridge colonel cadwallader of pennsylvania in the lines and colonel mcgaw himself continued in the fort the strength of the place had not deterred the british general from resolving to carry it by storm and on receiving the answer of colonel mcgaw arrangements were made for a vigorous attack next day about ten the assailants appeared before the works and moved to the assault in four different quarters their first division consisting of hessians and waldeckers amounting to about five thousand men under the command of general Nippausen, advanced on the north side of the fort against the hill occupied by colonel rawlings who received them with great gallantry the second on the east consisting of the british light infantry and guards was led by brigadier general matthews supported by lord cornwallis at the head of the grenadiers and the thirty-third regiment these troops crossed harlem river in boats under cover of the artillery planted in the works which had been erected on the opposite side of the river 
and landed within the third line of defence which crossed the island the third division was conducted by lieutenant-colonel sterling who passed the river higher up in the fourth by lord percy accompanied by general howe in person this division was to attack the lines in front on the south side the attacks on the north and south by general kniphausen and lord percy were made about the same instant on colonels rawlings and cadwallader who maintained their ground for a considerable time but while colonel cadwallader was engaged in the first line against lord percy the second and third divisions which had crossed harlem river made good their landing and dispersed the troops fronting that river as well as a detachment sent by colonel cadwallader to support them thus being overpowered and the british advancing between the fort and the lines it became necessary to abandon them in retreating to the fort some of the men were intercepted by the division under colonel sterling and made prisoners the resistance on the north was of longer duration rawlings maintained his ground with firmness and his riflemen did vast execution a three-gun battery also played on Niphausen with great effect at length the hessian columns gained the summit of the hill after which colonel rawlings who perceived the danger which threatened his rear retreated under the guns of the fort the lines of fort washington carried by the enemy and the garrison made prisoners having carried the lines and all the strong ground adjoining them the british general again summoned colonel magaw to a surrender while the capitulation was in a course of arrangement general washington sent him a billet requesting him to hold out until the evening when means should be attempted to bring off the garrison but magaw had proceeded too far to retreat and it is probable the place could not have resisted an assault from so formidable a force as threatened it the greatest difficulties had been overcome the fort was too small to contain all the men and their ammunition was nearly exhausted under these circumstances the garrison became prisoners of war the loss on this occasion was the greatest the americans had ever sustained the garrison was stated by general washington at about two thousand men yet in a report published as from general howe the number of prisoners is said to be two thousand and six hundred exclusive of officers either general howe must have included in his report persons who were not soldiers or general washington must have comprehended the regulars only in his letter the last conjecture is most probably correct the loss of the assailants according to mr stedman amounted to eight hundred men this loss fell heaviest on the germans evacuation of fort lee november eighteenth on the surrender of fort washington it was determined to evacuate fort lee and a removal of the stores was immediately commenced before this operation could be completed a detachment commanded by lord cornwallis amounting to about six thousand men crossed the north river below dobbs ferry and endeavoured by a rapid march to enclose the garrison between the north and hackensack rivers an immediate retreat from that narrow neck of land had become indispensable and was with difficulty effected all the heavy cannon at fort lee except two twelve-pounders with a considerable quantity of provisions and military stores including three hundred tents were lost after crossing the hackensack general washington posted his troops along the western bank of that river but was unable to dispute its passage at the head of about three thousand effectives exposed without tents in an inclement season it was in a level country without a single entrenching tool among people far from being zealous in the american cause in other respects this situation was dangerous the passaic in his rear after running several miles nearly parallel to the hackensack unites with that river below the ground occupied by the americans who were consequently still exposed to the hazard of being enclosed between two rivers november twenty one weakness of the american army this gloomy state of things was not brightened by the prospect before him in casting his eyes around no cheering object presented itself no confidence could be placed on receiving reinforcements from any quarter 
but in no situation could washington despond his exertions to collect an army and to impede the progress of his enemy were perseveringly continued understanding that sir guy carleton no longer threatened ticonderoga he directed general schuyler to hasten the troops of pennsylvania and jersey to his assistance and ordered general lee to cross the north river and be in readiness to join him should the enemy continue the campaign but under the influence of the same fatal cause which had acted elsewhere these armies too were melting away and would soon be almost totally dissolved general mercer who commanded a part of the flying camp stationed about bergen was also called in but these troops had engaged to serve only till the first of december and like the other six months men had already abandoned the army in great numbers no hope existed of retaining the remnant after they should possess a legal right to be discharged and there was not much probability of supplying their places with other militia to new england he looked with anxious hope and his requisitions to on those states received prompt attention six thousand militia from massachusetts and a considerable body from connecticut were ordered to his assistance but some delay in assembling them was unavoidable and their march was arrested by the appearance of the enemy in their immediate neighbourhood three thousand men conducted by sir henry clinton who were embarked on board a fleet commanded by sir peter parker sailed late in november from new york and without much opposition took possession of newport this invasion excited serious alarm in massachusetts and connecticut and these states retained for their own defence the militia who had been embodied at the instance of the commander-in-chief not intending to maintain its present position general washington had placed some regiments along the hackensack to afford the semblance of defending its passage until his stores could be removed and with the residue of the troops crossed the passaic and took post newark soon after he had marched major-general vaughan appeared before the new bridge over hackensack the american detachment which had been left in the rear being unable to defend it broke it down and retired before him over the passaic ineffectual attempts to raise the militia having entered the open country general washington determined to halt a few days on the south side of this river make some show of resistance and endeavor to collect such a force as would keep up the semblance of an army his letters not having produced such exertions as the public exigencies required he deputed general mifflin to the government of pennsylvania and colonel reed his adjutant-general to the government of new jersey with orders to represent the real situation of the army and the certainty that without great reinforcements philadelphia must fall into the hands of the enemy and the state of jersey be overrun while thus endeavoring to strengthen himself with militia he pressed general lee to hasten his march and cautioned him to keep high enough up the country to avoid the enemy who having got possession of a mail containing one of his late letters would certainly endeavour to prevent the junction of the two armies this perilous state of things was rendered still more critical by indications of an insurrection in the county of monmouth in jersey where great numbers favoured the royal cause in other places too a hostile temper was displayed and an indisposition to farther resistance began to be manifested throughout that state these appearances obliged him to make detachments from the militia of his army to overawe the disaffected of monmouth who were on the point of assembling in force general washington retreats through jersey november twenty three as the british army crossed the passaic general washington abandoned his position behind that river and the day lord cornwallis entered newark he retreated to brunswick a small village on the raritan december one at this place the levies drawn from maryland and jersey to compose the flying camp became entitled to their discharge no remonstrances could detain them and he sustained the mortification of seeing his feeble army still more enfeebled by being entirely abandoned by these troops in the face of an advancing enemy the pennsylvania militia belonging to the flying camp were engaged to serve till the first of january so many of them deserted that it was deemed necessary to place guards on the roads 
and ferries over the delaware to apprehend and send them back to camp the governor of new jersey was again pressed for assistance but it was not in his power to furnish the aid required the well-affected part of the lower country was overawed by the british army and the militia of morris and sussex came out slowly and reluctantly while at brunswick attempts were made to retard the advance of the british army by movements indicating an intention to act on the offensive but this feint was unavailing lord cornwallis continued to press forward and as his advance guards showed themselves on the opposite side of the bridge general washington evacuated the town and marched through princeton to trenton directions had already been given to collect all the boats on the delaware from philadelphia upwards for seventy miles in the hope that the progress of the enemy might be stopped at this river and that in the meantime reinforcements might arrive which would enable him to dispute its passage december two having with great labor transported the few remaining military stores and baggage over the delaware he determined to remain as long as possible on the northern banks of that river the army which was thus pressed slowly through the jerseys was aided by no other cavalry than a small corps of badly mounted connecticut militia commanded by major sheldon and was almost equally destitute of artillery its numbers at no time during the retreat exceeded four thousand men and on reaching the delaware was reduced to less than three thousand of whom not quite one thousand were militia of new jersey even among the continental troops there were many whose term of service was about to expire its defectiveness of numbers did not constitute its only weakness the regulars were badly armed worse clad and almost destitute of tents blankets or utensils for dressing their food they were composed chiefly of the garrison of fort lee and had been obliged to evacuate that place with too much precipitation to bring with them even those few articles of comfort and accommodation with which they had been furnished the commander-in-chief found himself at the head of this small band of soldiers dispirited by their losses and fatigues retreating almost naked and barefooted in the cold of november and december before a numerous well-appointed and victorious army through a desponding country much more disposed to obtain safety by submission than to seek it by a manly resistance in this crisis of american affairs a proclamation was issued by lord and general howe as commissioners appointed on the part of the crown for restoring peace to america commanding all persons assembled in arms against his majesty's government to disband and return to their homes and all civil officers to desist from their treasonable practices and relinquish their usurped authority a full pardon was offered to every person who would within sixty days appear before certain civil or military officers of the crown claim the benefit of that proclamation and testify his obedience to the laws by subscribing a declaration of his submission to the royal authority copies of it were dispersed through the country after which numbers flocked in daily to make their peace and obtain protection the contrast between the splendid appearance of the pursuing army and that of the ragged americans who were flying before them could not fail to nourish the general opinion that the contest was approaching its termination among the many valuable traits in the character of washington was that unyielding firmness of mind which resisted these accumulated circumstances of depression and supported him under them undismayed by the dangers which surrounded him he did not for an instant relax his exertions nor omit anything which could obstruct the progress of the enemy or improve his own condition he did not appear to despair of the public safety but struggled against adverse fortune with the hope of yet vanquishing the difficulties which surrounded him and constantly showed himself to his harassed and enfeebled army with a serene unembarrassed countenance betraying no fears in himself and invigorating and inspiring with confidence the bosoms of others to this unconquerable firmness to this perfect self-possession under the most desperate circumstances is america in a great degree indebted for her independence december five after removing his baggage and stores over the delaware and sending his sick to philadelphia the american general 
finding that lord cornwallis still continued in brunswick detached twelve hundred men to princeton in the hope that this appearance of advancing on the british might not only retard their progress but cover a part of the country and reanimate the people of jersey some portion of this short respite from laborious service was devoted to the predominant wish of his heart preparations for the next campaign by impressing on congress a conviction of the real causes of the present calamitous state of things however the human mind may resist the clearest theoretic reasoning it is scarcely possible not to discern obvious and radical errors while smarting under their destructive consequences the abandonment of the army by whole regiments of the flying camp in the face of an advancing and superior enemy the impracticability of calling out the militia of jersey and pennsylvania in sufficient force to prevent lord cornwallis from overrunning the first state or restrain him from entering the last had it not been saved by other causes were practical lessons on the subjects of enlistments for a short time and a reliance on militia which no prejudice could disregard and which could not fail to add great weight to the remonstrances formerly made by the commander-in-chief which were now repeated december sixth the exertions of general mifflin to raise the militia of pennsylvania though unavailing in that country were successful in philadelphia a large proportion of the inhabitants of that city capable of bearing arms had associated for the general defence and on this occasion fifteen hundred of them marched to trenton to which place a german battalion was also ordered by congress seventh on the arrival of these troops general washington commenced his march to princeton but was stopped by the intelligence that lord cornwallis having received large reinforcements was advancing rapidly from brunswick by different routes and endeavoring to gain his rear eighth general washington crosses the delaware on receiving this intelligence he crossed the delaware and posted his army in such a manner as to guard the forts as his rear passed the river the van of the british army appeared in sight the main body took post at trenton and detachments were placed both above and below while small parties without interruption from the people of the country reconnoitred the delaware for a considerable distance danger of philadelphia from bordentown below trenton the course of the river turns westward and forms an acute angle with its course from philadelphia to that place so that lord cornwallis might cross a considerable distance above and be not much if any farther from that city than the american army the british general made some unsuccessful attempts to seize a number of boats guarded by lord sterling about coriel's ferry and in order to facilitate his movements down the river on the jersey shore repaired the bridges below trenton which had been broken down by order of general washington he then advanced a strong detachment to bordentown giving indications of an intention to cross the delaware at the same time above and below and either to march in two columns to philadelphia or completely to envelop the american army in the angle of the river to counteract this plan the american general stationed a few galleys to watch the movements of his enemy below and aid in repelling any effort to pass over to the pennsylvania shore and made such a disposition of his little army as to guard against any attempt to force a passage above which he believed to be the real design having made his arrangements he waited anxiously for reinforcements and in the meantime sent daily parties over the river to harass the enemy and to observe his situation the utmost exertions were made by government to raise the militia in the hope that a respectable body of continental troops would aid these exertions general washington had directed general gates with the regulars of the northern army and general heath with those of peekskill to march to his assistance capture of general lee although generally had been repeatedly urged to join the commander-in-chief he proceeded slowly in the execution of these orders manifesting a strong disposition to retain his separate command and rather to hang on and threaten the rear of the british army than to strengthen that in its front with this view he proposed establishing himself at morristown 
on receiving a letter from general washington disapproving this proposition and urging him to hasten his march lee still avowed a preference for his own plan and proceeded reluctantly towards the delaware while passing through morris county at the distance of twenty miles from the british encampment he very incautiously quartered under a slight guard in a house about three miles from his army information of this circumstance was given by a countryman to colonel harcourt at that time detached with a body of cavalry to watch his movements who immediately formed and executed the design of seizing him early in the morning of the twelfth of december this officer reached lee's quarters who received no intimation of his danger until the house was surrounded and he found himself a prisoner he was carried off in triumph to the british army where he was for some time treated as a deserter from the british service this misfortune made a serious impression on all america the confidence originally placed in general lee had been increased by his success in the southern department and by a belief that his opinions during the military operations in new york had contributed to the adoption of those judicious movements which had in some measure defeated the plans of general howe in that quarter it was also believed that he had dissented from the resolution of the council of war for maintaining forts washington and lee no officer except the commander-in-chief possessed at that time in so eminent a degree the confidence of the army or of the country and his loss was almost universally bewailed as one of the greatest calamities which had befallen the american arms it was regretted by no person more than by general washington himself he respected the merit of that eccentric veteran and sincerely lamented his captivity general sullivan on whom the command of that division devolved after the capture of lee promptly obeyed the orders which had been directed to that officer and crossing the delaware at phillipsburg joined the commander-in-chief on the same day general gates arrived with a few northern troops by these and other reinforcements the army was augmented to about seven thousand effective men the british go into winter quarters the attempts of the british general to get possession of boats for the transportation of his army over the delaware having failed he gave indications of an intention to close the campaign and to retire into winter quarters about four thousand men were canton on the delaware at trenton bordentown the white house and mount holly and the remaining part of the army of jersey was distributed from that river to the hackensack strong corps were posted at princeton brunswick and elizabethtown to intimidate the people and thereby impede the recruiting service was believed to be no inconsiderable inducement with general howe for covering so large a portion of jersey to counteract these views general washington ordered three of the regiments from peekskill to halt at morristown and to unite with about eight hundred militia assembled at that place under colonel ford general maxwell was sent to take command of these troops with orders to watch the motions of the enemy to harass him in his marches to give intelligence of all his movements to keep up the spirits of the militia and to prevent the inhabitants from going within the british lines and taking protection december twenty the short interval between this cantonment of the british troops and the recommencement of active operations was employed by general washington in repeating the representations he had so often made to congress respecting preparations for the ensuing campaign the dangers resulting from a reliance on temporary armies had been fully exemplified and his remonstrances on that subject were supported by that severe experience which corrects while it chastises in the course of the campaign he had suffered greatly from the want of cavalry of artillery and of engineers his ideas on these important subjects had been already stated to congress and were now re-urged with respect to the additional expense to be incurred by the measures recommended he observed that our funds were not the only object now to be taken into consideration the enemy it was found were daily gathering strength from the disaffected this strength like a snowball by rolling would increase unless some means should be devised to check effectually the progress of their arms militia might possibly do it for a little while 
but in a little while also the militia of those states which were frequently called upon would not turn out at all or would turn out with so much reluctance and sloth as to amount to the same thing instance new jersey witness pennsylvania could anything but the river delaware have saved philadelphia could anything he asked be more destructive of the recruiting business than giving ten dollars bounty for six weeks service in the militia who come in you can not tell how go you you can not tell when and act you cannot tell where who consume your provisions exhaust your stores and leave you at last in a critical moment these sir he added are the men i am to depend upon ten days hence this is the basis upon which your cause will rest and must for ever depend until you get a large standing army sufficient to itself to oppose the enemy washington crossing the delaware from the painting by emmanuel lutz in the metropolitan museum of art new york city on december eighth seventeen seventy six following his retreat across new jersey with the british army under cornwallis pressing him closely washington transported his army of six thousand men across the delaware into pennsylvania and to safety he had seized all the boats within seventy miles leaving cornwallis to wait until the river froze over before he could follow in recrossing the delaware as here depicted to strike the british at trenton washington executed the most brilliant military maneuver of his career in his sesquicentennial address delivered at cambridge massachusetts july three nineteen twenty five president coolidge related this incident which gives us cornwallis's estimate of the importance of the trenton victory it is recorded that a few evenings after the surrender of lord cornwallis at yorktown a banquet was given by washington and his staff to the british commander and his staff one likes to contemplate the sportsmanship of that function amiabilities and good wishes were duly exchanged and finally lord cornwallis rose to present his compliments to washington there had been much talk of past campaigning experiences and cornwallis turning to washington expressed the judgment that when history's verdict was made up the brightest garlands for your excellency will be gathered not from the shores of the chesapeake but from the banks of the delaware he also hinted the idea extremely delicate in itself of enlarging his power so as to enable him to act without constant applications to congress for their sanction of measures the immediate adoption of which was essential to the public interests this might he said be termed an application for powers too dangerous to be trusted he could only answer that desperate diseases required desperate remedies he could with truth declare that he felt no lust for power but wished with as much fervency as any man upon this wide extended continent for an opportunity of turning the sword into a ploughshare but his feelings as an officer and a man had been such as to force him to say that no person ever had a greater choice of difficulties to contend with than himself after recapitulating the measures he had adopted which were not within his power and urging many other necessary arrangements he added it may be thought i am going a good deal out of the line of my duty to adopt these measures or to advise thus freely a character to lose an estate to forfeit the inestimable blessing of liberty to at stake and a life devoted must be my excuse the present aspect of american affairs was gloomy in the extreme the existing army except a few regiments affording an effective force of about fifteen hundred men would dissolve in a few days new jersey had in a great measure submitted and the militia of pennsylvania had not displayed the alacrity expected from them general howe would most probably avail himself of the ice which would soon form and of the dissolution of the american army to pass the delaware and seize philadelphia this event was dreaded not only on account of its intrinsic importance but of its peculiar effect at this time when an army was to be recruited on which the future hopes of america were to rest it was feared and with reason that it would make such an impression on the public mind as to deter the american youth from engaging in a contest becoming desperate impelled by these considerations general washington meditated a blow on the british army while dispersed in its cantonments which might retrieve the affairs of america in the opinion of the public and recover the ground that had been lost 
he formed the daring plan of attacking all the british posts on the delaware at the same instant if successful in all or any of these attacks he hoped not only to wipe off the impression made by his losses and by his retreat but also to relieve philadelphia from immediate danger and to compel his adversary to compress himself in such a manner as no longer to cover the jerseys the positions taken to guard the river were equally well adapted to offensive operations the regulars were posted above trenton from yardley's up to coriel's ferry the pennsylvania flying camp and jersey militia under the command of general irvine extended from yardley's to the ferry opposite bordentown and general cadwallader with the pennsylvania militia lay still lower down the river in the plan of attack which had been digested it was proposed to cross in the night at mcconkey's ferry and about nine miles above trenton to march down in two divisions the one taking the river road and the other the pennington road both which lead into the town the first towards that part of the western side which approaches the river and the last towards the north this part of the plan was to be executed by the general in person at the head of about two thousand four hundred continental troops it was thought practicable to pass them over the river by twelve and to reach the point of destination by five in the morning of the next day when the attack was to be made general irvine was directed to cross at the trenton ferry and to secure the bridge below the town in order to prevent the escape of the enemy by that road general cadwallader was to pass over at dunks and ferry and carry the post at mount holly it had been in contemplation to unite the troops employed in fortifying philadelphia to those at bristol and to place the whole under general putnam but such indications were given in that city of an insurrection of the royal cause that this part of the plan was abandoned the cold on the night of the twenty fifth was very severe snow mingled with hail and rain fell in great quantities and so much ice was made in that river that with every possible exertion the division conducted by the general in person could not effect its passage until three nor commence its march down the river till near four as the distance to trenton by either road is nearly the same orders were given to attack at the instant of arrival and after driving in the outguards to press rapidly after them into the town and prevent the main body from forming battle of trenton december twenty sixth general washington accompanied the upper column and arriving at the outpost on that road precisely at eight drove it in and in three minutes heard the fire from the column which had taken the river road the picket guard attempted to keep up a fire while retreating but was pursued with such ardor as to be unable to make a stand colonel rawl who commanded in the town paraded his men and met the assailants in the commencement of the action he was mortally wounded upon which the troops in apparent confusion attempted to gain the road to princeton general washington threw a detachment into their front while he advanced rapidly on them in person finding themselves surrounded and their artillery already seized they laid down their arms and surrendered themselves prisoners of war about twenty of the enemy were killed and about one thousand made prisoners six field pieces and a thousand stand of small arms were also taken on the part of the americans two privates were killed two frozen to death and one officer lieutenant monroe of the third virginia regiment and three or four privates wounded unfortunately the ice rendered it impracticable for general irvine to execute that part of the plan which was allotted to him with his utmost efforts he was unable to cross the river and the road towards bordentown remained open about five hundred men among whom was a troop of cavalry stationed in the lower end of trenton availed themselves of this circumstance and crossing the bridge in the commencement of the action escaped down the river the same cause prevented general cadwallader from attacking the post at mount holly with great difficulty a part of his infantry passed the river but returned on its being found absolutely impracticable to cross with the artillery although this plan failed in so many of its parts the success attending that which was conducted by general washington in person was followed by the happiest effects had it been practicable for the divisions under generals irvine 
and cadwallader to cross the river it was intended to proceed from trenton to the posts at and about bordentown to sweep the british from the banks of the delaware and to maintain a position in the jerseys but finding that those parts of the plan had failed and supposing the british to remain in force below while a strong corps was posted at princeton general washington thought it unadvisable to hazard the loss of the very important advantage already gained by attempting to increase it and recross the river with his prisoners and military stores lieutenant-colonel baylor his aide-de-camp who carried the intelligence of this success to congress was presented with a horse completely caparisoned for service and recommended to the command of a regiment of cavalry nothing could surpass the astonishment of the british commander at this unexpected display of vigor on the part of the american general his condition and that of his country had been thought desperate he had been deserted by all the troops having a legal right to leave him and to render his situation completely ruinous nearly two-thirds of the continental soldiers still remaining with him would be entitled to their discharge on the first day of january there appeared to be no probability of prevailing on them to continue longer in the service and the recruiting business was absolutely at an end the spirits of a large proportion of the people were sunk to the lowest point of depression new jersey appeared to be completely subdued and some of the best judges of the public sentiment were of opinion that immense numbers in pennsylvania also were determined not to permit the sixty days allowed in the proclamation of lord and sir william howe to elapse without availing themselves of the pardon it proffered instead of offensive operations a total dispersion of the small remnant of the american army was to be expected since it would be rendered too feeble by the discharge of those engaged only until the last day of december to attempt any longer the defence of the delaware which would by that time in all probability be passable on the ice while every appearance supported these opinions and the british general without being sanguine might well consider the war as approaching its termination this bold and fortunate enterprise announced to him that he was contending with an adversary who could never cease to be formidable while the possibility of resistance remained finding the conquest of america more distant than had been supposed he determined in the depth of winter to recommence active operations and lord cornwallis who had retired to new york with the intention of embarking for europe suspended his departure and returned to the jerseys in great force for the purpose of regaining the ground which had been lost meanwhile count de nop who commanded the troops below trenton on hearing the disaster which had befallen colonel rawl retreated by the road leading to amboy and joined general leslie at princeton the next day general cadwallader crossed the delaware with orders to harass the enemy but to put nothing to hazard until he should be joined by the continental battalions who were allowed a day or two of repose after the fatigues of the enterprise against trenton general mifflin joined general irvine with about fifteen hundred pennsylvania militia and those troops also crossed the river finding himself once more at the head of a force with which it seemed practicable to act offensively the general determined to employ the winter in endeavouring to recover jersey december thirty with this view he ordered general heath to leave a small detachment at peekskill and with the main body of the new england militia to enter jersey and approach the british cantonments on that side general maxwell was ordered with all the militia he could collect to harass their flank and rear and to attack their outposts on every favourable occasion while the continental troops led by himself recrossed the delaware and took post at trenton on the last day of december the regulars of new england were entitled to a discharge with great difficulty and a bounty of ten dollars many of them were induced to renew their engagements for six weeks seventeen seventy seven january one the british were now collected in force at princeton under lord cornwallis and appearances confirmed the intelligence secretly obtained that he intended to attack the american army generals mifflin and cadwallader who lay at bordentown and crosswicks with three thousand six hundred militia were therefore ordered to join the commander-in-chief whose whole effective force 
with this addition did not exceed five thousand men january two lord cornwallis advanced upon him the next morning and about four in the afternoon the van of the british army reached trenton on its approach general washington retired across the assumpink a creek which runs through the town the british attempted to cross the creek at several places but finding all the fords guarded they desisted from the attempt and kindled their fires the americans kindled their fires likewise and a cannonade was kept up on both sides till dark the situation of general washington was again extremely critical should he maintain his position he would certainly be attacked next morning by a force so very superior as to render the destruction of his little army inevitable should he attempt to retreat over the delaware the passage of that river had been rendered so difficult by a few mild and foggy days which had softened the ice that a total defeat would be hazarded in any event the jerseys would once more be entirely in possession of the enemy the public mind again be depressed recruiting discouraged and philadelphia a second time in the grasp of general howe in this embarrassing state of things he formed the bold design of abandoning the delaware and marching by a circuitous route along the left flank of the british army into its rear at princeton where his strength could not be great and after beating the troops at that place to move quickly to brunswick where the baggage and principal magazines of the army lay under a weak guard he indulged the hope that this manoeuvre would call the attention of the british general to his own defence should lord cornwallis contrary to every reasonable calculation proceed to philadelphia nothing worse could happen in that quarter than must happen should the american army be driven before him and some compensation for that calamity would be obtained by expelling the enemy completely from jersey and cutting up in detail all his parties in that state january three of princeton this plan being approved by a council of war preparations were made for its immediate execution as soon as it was dark the baggage was removed silently to burlington and at about one in the morning after renewing their fires and leaving their guards to go the rounds as usual the army decamped with perfect silence and took a circuitous route along the quaker road to princeton where three british regiments had encamped the preceding night two of which commenced their march early in the morning to join the rear of their army at maidenhead at sunrise when they had proceeded about two miles they saw the americans on their left advancing in the direction which would enter the road in their rear they immediately faced about and repassing stony brook moved under cover of a copse of wood towards the american van which was conducted by general mercer a sharp action ensued which however was not of long duration the militia of which the advance party was principally composed soon gave way and the few regulars attached to them were not strong enough to maintain their ground while exerting himself gallantly to rally his broken troops general mercer was mortally wounded and the van was entirely routed but the fortune of the day was soon changed the main body led by general washington in person followed close in the rear and attacked the british with great spirit persuaded that defeat would irretrievably ruin the affairs of america he advanced in the very front of danger and exposed himself to the hottest fire of the enemy he was so well supported by the same troops who a few days before had saved their country at trenton that the british in turn were compelled to give way their line was broken and the two regiments separated from each other colonel Mawhood, who commanded that in front and was consequently nearest the rear division of the army under lord cornwallis retired to the main road and continued his march to maidenhead the fifty fifth regiment which was on the left being hard pressed fled in confusion across the fields into a back road leading between hillsborough and kingston towards brunswick the vicinity of the british forces at maidenhead secured colonel Mawhood and general washington pressed forward to princeton the regiment remaining in that place took post in the college and made a show of resistance with some pieces of artillery being brought up to play upon that building it was abandoned and the greater part of them became prisoners a few saved themselves by a precipitate flight to brunswick in this engagement rather more than one hundred british were killed in the field 
and near three hundred were taken prisoners the loss of the americans in killed was somewhat less but in their number was included general mercer a valuable officer who had served with the commander-in-chief during his early campaigns in virginia and was greatly esteemed by him colonels hazlett and potter captain neal of the artillery captain fleming and five other valuable officers were also among the slain on the return of daylight lord cornwallis discovered that the american army had decamped in the night and immediately conceived the whole plan alarmed at the danger which threatened brunswick he marched with the utmost expedition for that place and was close in the rear of the american army before it could leave princeton the situation of general washington was again perilous in the extreme his small army was exhausted with fatigue his troops had been without sleep all of them one night and some of them two they were without blankets many of them were barefooted and otherwise thinly clad and were eighteen miles from his place of destination he was closely pursued by a superior enemy who must necessarily come up with him before he could accomplish his designs on brunswick under these circumstances he abandoned the remaining part of his original plan and took the road leading up the country to Pluckman, where his troops were permitted to refresh themselves lord cornwallis continued his march to brunswick which he reached in the course of that night the sufferings of the american soldiers had been so great from the severity of the season in the very active service in which they had been engaged their complaints especially on the part of the militia were so loud their numbers were reducing so fast by returning home and by sickness that general washington found it impracticable to continue offensive operations he retired to morristown in order to put his men under cover and to give them some repose the bold judicious and unexpected attacks made at trenton and princeton had a much more extensive influence than would be supposed from a mere estimate of the killed and taken they saved philadelphia for the winter recovered the state of jersey and which was of a still more importance revived the drooping spirits of the people and gave a perceptible impulse to the recruiting service throughout the united states the problem that a nation can be defended against a permanent force by temporary armies by occasional calls of the husbandman from his plough to the field was completely disproved and in demonstrating its fallacy the independence of america had nearly perished in its cradle the utmost efforts were now directed to the creation of an army for the ensuing campaign as the only solid basis on which the hopes of the patriot could rest during the retreat through the jerseys and while the expectation prevailed that no effectual resistance could be made to the british armies some spirited men indeed were animated to greater and more determined exertions but this state of things produced a very different effect on the great mass which can alone furnish the solid force of armies in the middle states especially the panic of distrust was perceived doubts concerning the issue of the contest became extensive and the recruiting service proceeded so heavily and slowly as to excite the most anxious solicitude for the future the affairs of trenton and princeton were magnified into great victories and were believed by the body of the people to evidence the superiority of their army and of their general the opinion that they were engaged in hopeless contests yielded to a confidence that proper exertions would ensure ultimate success this change of opinion was accompanied with an essential change of conduct and although the regiments required by congress were not completed they were made much stronger than was believed to be possible before this happy revolution in the aspect of public affairs firmness of congress the firmness of congress throughout the gloomy and trying period which intervened between the loss of fort washington and the battle of princeton gives the members of that time a just claim to the admiration of the world and to the gratitude of their fellow-citizens undismayed by impending dangers they did not for an instant admit the idea of surrendering the independence they had declared and purchasing peace by returning to their colonial situation as the british army advanced through jersey and the consequent insecurity of philadelphia rendered an adjournment from that place a necessary measure of precaution their exertions seemed to increase with their difficulties they sought to remove the despondence which was seizing and paralyzing the public mind by an address to the states in which every argument was suggested which could rouse them to vigorous action 
they made the most strenuous efforts to animate the militia and impel them to the field by the agency of those whose popular eloquence thus fitted them for such a service seventeen seventy six december twenty when reassembled at baltimore the place to which they had adjourned their resolutions exhibited no evidence of confusion or dismay and the most judicious efforts were made to repair the mischief produced by past errors declaring that in the present state of things the very existence of civil liberty depended on the right execution of military powers december twenty seventh to a vigorous direction of which distant numerous and deliberative bodies were unequal they authorized general washington to raise sixteen additional regiments and conferred upon him for six months almost unlimited powers for the conduct of the war towards the close of seventeen seventy six while the tide of fortune was running strongest against them some few members distrusting their ability to make a successful resistance proposed to authorize their commissioners at the court of versailles to transfer to france the same monopoly of their trade which great britain had possessed this proposition is stated to have been relinquished because it was believed that concessions of this kind would impair many arguments which had been used in favor of independence and disunite the people it was next proposed to offer a monopoly of certain enumerated articles but the unequal operation of this measure gave to the proposition a speedy negative some proposed offering to france an offensive and defensive league but this also was rejected the more enlightened members argued that though the friendship of small states might be purchased that of france could not they alleged that if she would risk a war with great britain by openly espousing their cause she would not be induced to that measure by the prospect of direct advantages so much as by a desire to lessen the overgrown power of a dangerous rival it was therefore urged that the most certain means of influencing france to interfere was an assurance that the united states were determined to persevere in refusing to resume their former allegiance under the influence of this better opinion resolutions were again entered into directing their commissioners in europe to give explicit assurances of their determination at all events to maintain their independence copies of these resolutions were sent to the principal courts of europe and agents were appointed to solicit their friendship to the new formed states these dispatches fell into the hands of the british and were published by them a circumstance which promoted the views of congress who were persuaded that an apprehension of their coming to an accommodation with great britain constituted a material objection to the interference of foreign courts in what was represented as merely a domestic quarrel a resolution adopted in the deepest distress to listen to no terms of reunion with their apparent state would it was believed convince those who wished for the dismemberment of the british empire that sound policy required their interference so far as to prevent the conquest of the united states End of chapter six